It's time for counterculture. Are you tired of how divided our world has become? We desperately need stories of peace and healing. We find the bridge builders across the globe who are stepping into the divides of culture and bringing understanding, compassion, and reconciliation. And now, here's your hosts, Jonathan Sanborn and Lisa Jernigan. And hello again. Some chill vibes coming into the show. I'm glad. I, I like the chill. I'm I, I just the want chill. some little drumsticks that have the little brush on them and yeah. just kind of play it's around. It's like the on jazzy the table. stuff mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. See, we did funky for. I did funky for like 80 shows, but I'm 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 putting down the funk and bringing the chill. Mm-hmm. But Lisa, this is so much. I'm, I'm, this new chapter in our show has just been fantastic. I'm loving it. Okay, you loving, loving it? it? I am. This is like our fifth show together. Oh, and already. This yes, and you're not sick of me yet. Not yet. Are you sick of me? No. Okay, not. good. <laughs> good. A show on don't peacemaking. Be, don't, be tr- don't be truthful on that one. Okay. A, a show. On, <laughs> I'm all about the truth. But a show on peacemaking where yeah. we break up on air. And exactly. <laughs> like, yes. I don't want to work with this person anymore. Now that would get ratings. That would get ratings. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, that's no. okay. We're not here for the ratings. We're here for the truth. We're here to because we get to talk to some of the most awesome people in town, even around the world, actually. Absolutely. People who are committed to peace and builders of peacemaking and compassion. Just it's, it's we want to hear their stories. That's why we're here. And across from the table in our studio, we have Summer Knight. Welcome, Summer. Hi, guys. I'm excited to be here. She's like looking at us like, what have I just signed up to do? <laughs> oh, my gosh. How did you know? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I know things. What room am I sitting in right now? <laughs> <laughs> so, Lisa, you and you and Lisa go back, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Lots of years. We do. Mm-hmm. And, and Summer's on a new journey. Just started it with Foster 360. And we're going to. We're going to find out more about that because it's uh-huh. the little bit I've learned already because you're just kind of in, in newer in the past year yep. on this journey is fantastic. Exactly what we're needing in our community. And so Summer and I go way back. We did a trip. Oh, gosh, years ago, several years ago to Israel, Palestine, right. where we sat and listened to different sides, not just uh, a, a Jewish Israeli side, but the Palestinian sure. side. So yes. you're sitting on Shabbat yeah. dinner one night with Israeli family hearing beautiful things, and then you're sitting another night with the Palestinian family learning theirs and holding both. But what was beautiful is when we came back, Summer's like, I I got disrupted. Like, I saw things. I felt mm. things. Like, mm-hmm. I can't live, go back to living the way I did. Right. And I don't mean to be putting words in your mouth, no, but I want to set true. you up. And she made some decisions in her life that have reflected her journey of peacemaking, which is what we've talked about. It's yes. like, it re- if you're really going to be a peacemaker, it's not peaceful. And right, it's, right. it is disrupting and it's mm. messy. And sometimes you have to make different decisions. And so Summer's been one of those. I think she's very courageous, very brave, has made some career decisions, personal decisions that have really reflected this journey of peacemaking. So I want to start off. Because, okay, I know, but yeah. I want our listeners to know. And I want Jonathan, because part of peacemaking I'm is itching. when you get... I'm itching to know. When you get to connect peop, some of your favorite people, and that's what the beauty of all this is, right? This journey. So, so I'm glad you guys get to know scratching. each other. And you, how has this journey of peacemaking brought you to where you are today? Whew. We have 22 minutes left. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> it has been all the things. It's been disruptive. It's been beautiful. It's been hard. It's been emotional. It's been, what am I doing? I need to run out of here. I think I question myself multiple times a day, mm-hmm. but staying focused on how do I make a change in my community in a way that's better? 
when we went on our trip, I remember coming to you and saying, three days in, can we stop hearing stories? I can't handle it. Mm -hmm. And then you said, why? And I had to really ask myself that question, like, why can't I hear these hard things? Mm -hmm. And the reality was, is the more I self-discovered, I realized I enjoyed living in my bubble. I enjoyed thinking that people chose their life. Mm. They chose to be on the streets. They chose, they made decisions. Um, You guys can't see me air quote, but that's what I just did. Right. (laughs) And um, they made these decisions and that's why they're on this path. And that's not my responsibility. Stinks to be them. Mm -hmm. And um, looking that shadow in the mirror and seeing where God was not present in my life was really hard. And that just started me down this curiosity The more curious I became, the more I felt like God was opening my eyes and spaces and people. And I started to have to ask myself, instead of thinking, well, who's going to fix that? Or let me just do this and then that'll help it, you know, Band-Aid solutions. I had to start asking, am I where I'm supposed to be? And that is a dangerous question. Dangerous. Curiosity is an amazing value, virtue that I don't think we often think about Mm -hmm. in our spiritual journeys. Right. Right. That's a that's profound. Because you ask a question, you just might get an answer that you don't want. <laughs> you, can't, you can't control curiosity. Right. You can't control. They're like, yeah. oh my gosh, now we have to do something. About right? the world or ourselves. Yes. yes. Yeah. Like what maybe maybe I'm the problem. Right. Ugh. Yeah. That's a rough one. Ooh. That's a rough one. That's yeah, part of maybe. my journey. And that because peace <laughs> peace starts within ourselves first. We mm-hmm. can't give away we don't own. You know, we've always said that. And it's like if am I willing to go inside? I mean, I'm it's easy to ask somebody else to go inside and to point out, like, here's some things I think you could work on, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, I've got lots. Yeah, and but when you half ask of them yourself, are from you. I when I when <laughs> I'm kidding. But when you ask me, yeah. what are you doing? It's like, ooh, yeah. Can we just change the subject? Right. Can we flip, right. the, flip the script, right? Yeah. So with you, mm-hmm. you know, there's that saying: how you see people is how you treat them. I think yeah. you started tre- seeing people differently. Completely. So this work you're doing, yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah, it's um, it's beautiful and it's hard and it's holding joy and grief in the same space in my life and in my spiritual life. Um, I'm currently working with aged out foster youth, which is 18 to up to 25. And in the state of Arizona, each year, 900 kids age out of the system mm-hmm. and 50% will become homeless within two years. And that doesn't mean the other 50% are doing any better. And then that's what feeds into sex trafficking, addiction. And then nationwide, I think the statistics um, are somewhere roughly between 33 to 40% of our chronically homeless nationwide are aged out foster youth. And so I remember being connected. I got connected to Mesa United Way, and they were telling me about this program. And I was like, well, I don't think I'm called to foster care. Mm-hmm. I'm ca- called to marginalization in a different way. You know, sex trafficking, you know, young women and adults and da 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 and all of a sudden, I realized I just labeled a whole group of people based on one thing that happened in their life. I didn't even stop to hear the story and to see the humanity mm. in them. Mm. And I never asked God, is this where you want me? Wow. Yeah. That's a tough question, right? It's a tough and rough one because, again, it's that inner work. You know, when we ask those questions, sometimes we want to ask them in a way that God shows us something that makes us feel good. And what I've noticed in peacemaking, I don't feel good most of the time. Mm-hmm. And we have to learn to be uncomfortable, right? Because <laughs> yeah. we want to sit in comfort mm-hmm. and, and everything's fun and, you know, roses and unicorns and all that stuff. But it's like we have to learn to embrace being uncomfortable. 
is part of the journey. Extremely. And, you know, it's so easy, like you were saying earlier, it's so easy to look around and think it's everyone else's problem. But if we're looking at our community and our next generation and and how do these things change, well, when did we start pouring back into that? Mm -hmm. And this is a huge population that gets unseen most of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, There's lots of misinformation out there. And I just felt God being like, take a deeper look. Look Mm -hmm. beyond what you can see. But that creates more curiosity. I love the thing with the work you're doing, particularly with trauma, Mm -hmm. is you're looking behind the story to go, why are they responding this way? And we we don't really take the time, which is curiosity, Mm -hmm. to go, why is somebody, we just label them, well, they're just, you know, they're they're just an addict, right? But we don't take time to go, but why are they an addict? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Or they're making bad choices. Right. That's a big one. Yeah. Blame always blame them that that person's will and their choices that they make. We 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 don't know where that all this comes from. And then when you understand trauma, you understand there's so many things that are in our brain chemistry. Yep. Right? Maybe you can explain a little better than I can. Yeah. But well, it's just what we know of trauma is when we are triggered and we've had and we're seeing complex trauma. This isn't typically people think trauma is one big bad event, mm-hmm. and that's not what trauma is. Trauma is how we respond to a situation. And when we talk about foster care, we're talking about complex trauma because it's more than one situation that's Mm -hmm. happening. And if you can think of the worst, awful stories that could ever happen to a child, these kids have gone through it Mm -hmm. and they've survived it. But now where are we for that? Where are we to help them put those pieces back together? You know, it wasn't their fault. And what trauma does is it dysregulates us. Mm -hmm. It creates a change in our nervous system where we no longer are thinking through a relaxed nervous system where we can make good what we would call good decisions, Mm -hmm. right? They're responding exactly how they're supposed to. So when you meet somebody that you've never seen before and all of a sudden they're yelling, they're screaming, they seem irrational, Mm -hmm. trigger. So I was at a at a, a seminar where they talked about this mm-hmm. exactly in the brain. Like, like, let's just say I'm reaching to a stove and when it gets hot, I, in, I pull my hand back. That's a response that my brain, so in trauma, it's the exact same parts of the brain highlight when there's certain circumstances this, that maybe this person has gone through. Yep. They step into it and their response is to, either, maybe it's to yell or maybe it's to mm-hmm. flee or shut down yep. or something or, you know, do something. But that's, it's the exact same part of the brain that's and being it's triggered. Primal. It's primal. It's, we go right to a primal state. How yeah. do I stay safe? Right. Even if that safety response is not healthy. Right. So we are talking about fight, flight, fawn, and freeze. Mm. And all of us do it. Some of us do a couple of them. Some of us only go to one. But anytime I talk to the youth about triggers, typically they'll tell me I don't get triggered. I talk about a response, fight, flight, fawn, freeze. Oh, I do that all the time. Mm. I don't know what fawn. Fawn is people pleasing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I'm going to abandon all my needs because I just have to make this person calm down. So they don't hurt. I don't feel get hurt. So I can be safe. It's all about safety. That's a good new one for me. Mm -hmm. That's really. Me too. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. Wow. So can you give us, I I know you've worked with quite a few of these Mm -hmm. aging out. Yeah. And you've seen, can you just share a loose story yeah. of where you've seen asking more questions, trying to find out really what's gone on behind the scenes that's triggering? 
Yeah, I mean, all of the kids come in with horrific stories. And part of their survival is to block some of that out, what we would call disassociation, which can be a strength, right? It can be a strength for survival. But how do we get them to move through their trauma instead of try to run around it? Mm. Because situations are going to constantly, the body remembers, right? The body Mm -hmm. keeps the score. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we had... um, a gal who came in and she had gotten kicked out of every program, every shelter in the Valley because she was raised to fight her parents part. They would hit her quite a bit. And then they told her that that's how you handle conflicts. And so that's who she, she thought she was. And then everybody responded to her as that she's just this violent, angry girl. Mm -hmm. She came to us and we worked with her on just calming her nervous system. She was with us for five months, not one fight. Wow. Oh, my goodness. And she said to us, she said, I never knew this is who I could be. I mm. never knew this woman was here the whole time. Speaking wow. of herself like that. Wow. Wow. Oh. It changes our identity, right? And we don't have to stay stuck in that previous pat- those previous patterns because our mind shifts. Absolutely. And we can retrain the brain, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. that's what's beautiful, right? The way we're desired is we can heal all of it. Because mm. I think there's this misconception a lot of times you're like, well, can somebody really be transformed right. or, or changed that will last a lifetime? It, it's just more of a quick fix. And, but can they permanently? And the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. And actually a lot of the more you do, and I could talk about this for days, but I won't, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> the more you research trauma, the more you realize a lot of our health conditions we have are related to inflammation from trauma. And when we see people healing their nervous system and retraining their brain, um, medical diagnoses start to go away. Mm. And so it's a really interconnected, we are interconnected beings. Everything touches everything, the mind, body, soul. And when we start seeing people as whole, right, Right. and not just that one label, and we're a part of that healing, I think we can heal our community. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Counterculture with Jonathan Sanborn and Lisa Jernigan. We're having a fantastic conversation with um, with Summer Knight, the co-director of Foster 360. And I think this this issue of trauma is just so profound. And so profound. there's so many things and layers to it. And I think we all have more to learn. I think the science is, is, is leading here. Yes. But I think there's a lot of we just – and so what are some things that – like a common misconception or one or two – misconceptions when we think of trauma like that maybe 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 in churches maybe among just kind of joe person um i have heard people try to downplay people's traumas and mm-hmm. the effects of it like well that doesn't sound that bad mm-hmm. um i think there's a misconception just what i had said earlier right that trauma is just one big bad event and typically you know when you see those floods or hurricanes there's actually less trauma from that collectively than people who have domestic violence who were abandoned by parents. Mm. You know, there's also a difference between the childhood trauma and adult trauma, right? When we have high ACEs scores, um, what happens to and, that child? And, and ACE, by the way, it means adverse childhood experiences. And there's a they, there's a ranking. There's like twelve there is, or something. Yeah. And there's and if you there's these events or things that happen, like maybe you saw your parents get divorced, or maybe you saw witness violence or some police. There's a, I don't I don't know the 12 off the yeah. top of my head but you you can rank your 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 upbringing right and then see what maybe your score is and then the but it, the amazing thing is that the outcomes are so scary the higher that number gets because yep. you you get six or seven and you see like 80 percent of the population 
ends up in prisons. I mean, yes. so there's some really the stats. The stats, stats are that, right? just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Am I am I accurate in my you assessment are, of that? You are very accurate. And another misconception is we end up seeing. Um, mental health come out of trauma because Mm -hmm. it's a coping mechanism, right? Mm -hmm. When we have disassociation and different things and what we say ADHD, it's someone not comfortable in their body, right? Mm -hmm. So there's this misconception of, well, it's their mental health. Okay. Right. But that happened because there's trauma and we're not healing the trauma. Mm -hmm. And not to say that everybody with mental health has trauma, but we're seeing a link between some of these diagnoses that these kids are getting with their trauma. Well, we don't talk enough about healing, no. I don't think, because we, we talk about the, the problem and we misdiagnose it a right. lot of times. Are we, mm-hmm. you know, we don't, if we don't know, understand or don't want to do, we dismiss something, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And so we just kind of label them and dismiss them over in that category. Mm-hmm. But we don't talk about the, the hope and the healing and how we, even as a community, can be a part of that. Because it's easy to go, who's the most vulnerable? Who's who's missing? Who's misrepresented in our community? And then go, somebody else should take care of that. But it, we can't flourish when they're not flourishing. We're all interconnected. I think we miss that. Mm. Right? In our community, too. We, we can't have pockets that are not doing well while others are thriving. Mm-hmm. We need to all be a part of the healing. What do you think that looks like? If I'm li- just listening to this conversation driving... How can I be a part of of healing, even for myself? Right. That's such a good question. And I think, you know, it starts with curiosity, but then movement from curiosity. I think it's so easy to just stay being like, okay, God, show me. And then when it's shown, you don't do anything with it. Mm. And I think healing is what is happening in my backyard, first starting with awareness. You know, we live in these pockets in these communities. I, you know, I worked and lived out of Gilbert and people would tell you nothing's going on there. And then Lisa and I pulled a needs assessment with a good friend of ours, and there are things happening in Gilbert, Arizona that we would say never would be happening. So starting with what's happening in my own backyard. Mm. And now that I know, can I unsee that? Mm-hmm. And then from there, stepping into something, it has to be more than you know a, a service project. Like Those are beautiful, and they help nonprofits. Mm-hmm. I, I'm someone who benefits from that, but it doesn't help long-term. Mm. It helps for that moment. And how do we shift from... What you said, Lisa, is this is my community. This is a part of me. This is an extension. This humanity is connected to me. That person is not thriving. That should affect me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm not thriving in my wholeness if I stay on my side of the street. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, right? <laughs> we need to cross the street. Right, right. right? And, it's, and it's hard. It's uncomfortable. It's like – and I think it's hard to make – to. Like sometimes I think we need to be the one that makes the initiative. We're always waiting for mm-hmm. somebody else to make an initiative, the first move. Mm-hmm. And so what is the first move for somebody, even to be aware of the demographics that you're working with or, or foster kids in general or just another human being? Yeah, I mean, I love the founder of Foster 360, Candace. What she did is she said, and she'll, she would say this, I didn't even know how to spell foster care. Mm-hmm. I learned everything I could about it. And from there, this is how the program evolved. And I think it just, again, going back to that curiosity, but educating yourself on that curiosity and sitting across this, the table from people who've been in the work or have been a part of that and asking yourself, where do I need to step in? I think we keep ourselves out, not just from not wanting it to be our problem, but thinking we're not qualified. Exactly. Who, who mm. am I? Yeah. And when we stay there, I mean, on paper, I'm not qualified for any of the jobs I did mm-hmm. from the world standard. But yet, continuously, I get put in these spaces, and beautiful things happen, and healing is happening, and healing for myself. Mm. We need collectively each other to heal. 
I am more healed working with these kids because every day they show up, they chose life in a way that I've never had to. They've had to survive in a way I've never had to. And when I look at their strength, I think I I need that kind of strength. Mm. And so I'm healing right along with them in ways that I didn't know I needed the healing. It's very co-creative. So there's this theme that we get. This is powerful. There's this theme that we get with guests that when they step into this space of healing, that because they're made aware of some issue in the world, often it's foster care in our show, but Mm -hmm. there's many others, that it causes a a heart, a deep self-reflection on my own journey, whether it could be my own trauma, things that I've experienced, um, or, uh, or maybe my own just apathy or something like I'm, I'm, I don't necessarily like myself as a result of stepping into this journey, but those are holy moments. Those are holy moments of awareness because of your, I love that word curiosity, because of that self curiosity and world's curiosity can reveal things in ourselves that allow us to re-engage in a new and fresh way because we know we need new new healing, new ways of looking at the world. Mm-hmm. Is that? Oh, yeah. for sure. I think I think we're living in a time where we mm. need something new. Yeah. And a new way. And change has already happened. We've Life has been turned upside down. It's a perfect time to initiate change. Yeah. yeah. New ways, right, of seeing the world and responding. Mm-hmm. Well, and how do we breathe new life into us, Right. And that's mm-hmm. what you guys are talking about. And if nothing changes, nothing changes. Mm-hmm. And all we're going to keep doing is just piling up these problems and saying to the next generation, like, good luck. And I know I can't continue to look at my nieces and my nephews and people in my life who are younger than me and say, well, that's for you to solve. Right. Yeah. And it's not even people aren't people to solve. It's an opportunity to step out in radical love and in a love that creates restoration in another human being, not because of me, but because I was willing to love and hold space for people who didn't think they deserved it. Mm-hmm. Because I felt that I didn't at one point either. Mm-hmm. It's about giving life, mm-hmm. right? And what is like that? And what, you know, what Jesus talked about, the abundant life. Mm-hmm. And who's not experiencing that? And why? And what can we do mm-hmm. to step in to be that hope? Because people are living without hope so much. Mm-hmm. We ourselves sometimes, right? The stories we tell ourselves, the stories that have been written kind of in our hearts, and it's like we can – they can be changed. They can be transformed. Mm-hmm. Yes, but it's scary because how we want to give away hope is to those we think who deserve it. Right. Mm. Ooh. And when life has – you know, I think about these kids all the time. If we treat them as who we think they are, why would they show us anything different? Mm-hmm. until you stop and you look them in the eyes and you hear the humanity in them. And so, again, how am I giving away hope to who God's called me into and not who I want God to call me mm-hmm. to be a part of? That, that's actually the gospel. Oh. You just, dis- you know, you just <laughs> said the gospel. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> You'd actually just, you just are a, a manifestation living out really the gospel call Christ himself sees us, doesn't, never gives us what we deserve. No. He never treats us based on that. And, and so, thank God and, for that. Thank, and thank God exactly. for that because I can look a certain way on the outside, but let me tell you these thoughts on the inside. For mm-hmm. sure. For sure. It's rough. Yeah. We can hide a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get practical for a moment oh. here. Because um, I know some of our listeners right now are listening during drive, town, drive time during rush hour, right? And No, I'm not going to tell you what I'm thinking right now. Okay, don't tell me what you're thinking. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Corn nuts. I'm kind of got. I've got a snack. I really want a snack right now, but it's bad for radio. Especially the corn yeah, nuts. Corn Please nuts. do not do that. Um, we have two minutes. Okay. 
Okay, I'm 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 just sitting wherever I am yeah. right now, and I'm I'm feeling a little anxious just because life in general, right? Yeah. What are some practical things? Because I know we've had this conversation, and you do a lot of breathing work yes. with people. Which several years ago, somebody would have said breathing work, you would go, "What are you talking mm-hmm. about?" Right? But as we understand our mind, holistic a body, and our holistically how God created us, yep. there's something to even to breathing. Talk about that and walk us through that a little bit. So I love breath work. It's one of my big tools I use. There's lots of beautiful research on it, which is another reason I like it. But how amazing that the thing that gives us life can also give us healing. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love breath work. Our, you know, even through our own words, through breath, right? So one of the things, um, just an easy way to do that if you're driving right now, um, typically I always do it in a quiet space, but it doesn't have to be. And that's why I, I like it as well is wherever you are right now, wherever you are, just become present right now. And just take a nice breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. And just start to notice calming yourself. That breath is slowing down just in through your nose, out through your mouth. And just becoming present in this moment, not worrying about where you're rushing off to, what you're late to, all the things you didn't do today. Just giving yourself that gift of presence through your breath. I'm afraid to say something. That was awesome. <laughs> right. And, and I, on I, radio, it gets all about words, right? <laughs> it's all about, de- no dead air. We don't have dead air. <laughs> this has been a fantastic conversation. How can our listeners learn more about Foster 360? Yeah, so we are under yeah. Mesa United Way, So, it, and Foster 360 is our organization. So if you look us up, we would love to connect with you. Um, Elena and I are the co-directors, and Candace is the founder, and we would love to connect in any way and help people become more, more curious. Summer, thank you so much for being on our show. Thanks we really appreciate me. everything you had to share. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. Counterculture is made possible by Amplify Peace. Educating, immersing, training and launching peacemakers to build united communities. And by Care Portal, a platform connecting the needs of children and families in crisis to the local church.